Hey college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Meg from University of Central Florida. Make sure to subscribe before you start listening and enjoy. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I'm Meg Hall. I go to the University of Central Florida. Um, I'm currently majoring in legal studies and I'm minoring in Spanish and I'm in my third year at UCF. So um, I'm at junior status mm-hmm. and I'm from um, St. Petersburg. So I didn't go too far. Um, it's just about like maybe a two and a half hour drive from UCF. Okay. So let's go all the way back to high school or maybe even middle, middle school, if this was the case for you, who initiated the college process for you? Was it you, your parents or somebody else? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think, um, I have two older sisters and they both were college bound. And, um, in Florida, we have a really wonderful program called bright futures, um, which is run by the state legislature. And they actually use, um, the money from the Florida lottery to provide scholarships for students who, um, meet certain eligibility requirements. There's like a GPA requirement an SAT requirement, and then you have to do a hundred volunteer hours. And if you complete all of those requirements, um, you can attend a, a four-year university and have your tuition paid for. Um, your tuition is, is, is free, basically, if you meet these Bright Futures requirements. And so my older sisters and I sorry, took advantage of that. And um, it was just a really incredible opportunity. And so I think I kind of knew from a young age, watching them um, work towards that goal early on. It was, you know, as soon as you get in freshman year, you start making sure you're on the right track to get your bright future so you can go to college. And I think I just kind of always had that same expectation on me. And so it never really was a question of if I was going or, or how I was going. Um, but just a matter of, of where I was going and how was I going to work hard to make sure I could get there. That's interesting. So is the bright future program is every high school student automatically eligible for that? Like they don't have to like sign up. Yes. So that's nice too, is that, there's not like a limit of only so many people get the scholarship. It's just whoever meets the eligibility requirements. So, so that is, it is really a wonderful program that we're lucky to have in Florida. Mm, That's amazing. So you said that your older sisters went, well, participated and got the Fulbright scholarship. So did you ever kind of feel maybe, Oh, maybe I want to do something outside of college or was it something automatic to you or did you feel like really pressured to get this scholarship as well? Yeah, that's another good question. So um, on a personal level, no, it never really crossed my mind to do anything but college. It really didn't. I just seeing them get to go and seeing my older friends get to go and hear about the things they were doing. I was so, so excited to go and literally nothing could have stopped me from, from going. And, um, but as far as the pressure goes, absolutely. Yes. There is definitely pressure to make sure that my grades were where they needed to be. And I was getting my service hours done so that I could, um, get the same, um, opportunities and, and do the same. Cause I, yeah, it definitely was pressure. I didn't want to be the one, um, of my siblings who, who had to make my parents figure out how they were going to, you know, pay for me. So, mm. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So starting freshman year, obviously, you have this expectation to get good grades and your volunteer hours. We'll talk about a little bit later. But so what were the, I guess, the relative grades that you needed to meet this? Like, was it like a 
average of B's, average of A's? What, what were the expectations? Um, honestly, I can look it up online for you. Um, I'll just look up Florida Bright Futures requirements because it's actually changed slightly mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years. It's, it only gets harder, right? So um, just as UCF, the, the um, you know, our, our, as we've been excelling and our school has been growing and our football team has been doing incredible and we're just becoming such a competitive school, it gets more competitive to be a student here. So already like the um, medians of, of SAT and GPA when I applied are, are higher now. Then when I applied, and the same goes for Bright Futures, as students in general become more competitive, um, the requirements become higher. So let's see. So um, there's two different scholarships within it. So one pays for, I think it's 75% of your tuition, and one pays for 100% of your tuition. So for the 100% of your tuition covered, you need to have a 3.5 GPA, and you need to... um, get a 29 on the ACT or a 1330 on the SAT. Wow. Yeah. I think you just need to get one of those. Oh, I see. So that, that that's amazing. This applies to like all of Florida. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, Florida all had Florida, such yeah. a, wow. That's amazing. So you obviously met those requirements. Can mm-hmm. you give us a relative idea of where your G- GPA was and your SAT or ACT score, depending on which one you took? Right. So, I'm so sorry. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but, um, I know that I, I was eligible for bright futures. And then I, when I applied to UCF, I was at the high point of their expectations or, or I was, I was at the high point or above, but since then it has gotten more competitive and, um, it, it both, both UCF and bright futures. So, um, it, I'm not sure where I would have fallen now, mm-hmm. but, um, I know at the time, I was, I felt very secure when I was applying. I wasn't too worried and I wasn't too worried about not getting bright futures, but it, it only gets harder, but you never know the SAT and the, um, and SAT might be adjusting for it as well. Like that SAT, you know, they're always updating the test. So it might be easier to score higher now as they, as they adjust it every year. You don't know. Yeah. So what did you do to prepare for the SAT? Right. So I know we did like PSATs in my school. My school offered like mm-hmm. practice SATs and I always did those. Like you could always elect not to do it, but I always did it. And I took the SAT a couple times. I know that for sure. I, I, I spent a, quite a few Saturdays <laughs> taking the SAT. But um, um, as far as preparing on my own, I used the workbooks. I think I used um, Kaplan and is that what it's called? Isn't it Kaplan the one that has? Yeah, that's the one I'm like preparing myself for with. Yeah. 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 Kaplan. I use that on online sites and, and all that. So I, that's what I utilized the most, um, was just like, like the workbooks that you get at from Amazon or sometimes they have them at Barnes and Noble. And, um, and sometimes this is probably helpful. Sometimes they have them at the library and you don't have to pay for them because they're expensive. And, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, there's usually those really expensive books that are like the book of scholarships and it's like chock full of like a million scholarships and it's like super heavy. They have those at libraries too. So if you're looking for scholarships, you don't want to pay for a crazy long book. You can just go to the library and and sit down with it and write down some of the scholarships you're interested in and find the, the links for the websites. It's much easier now that we have internet to find scholarships, but, um, they have books like that at your public library too, which can be really helpful. Oh, that's, that's amazing because for people who can't afford the SAT prep books, Mm -hmm. the tutors and stuff. Yeah. That's a really good tip. So 
you said that you wanted to get this Fulbright scholarship partially because your sisters, your older sisters had it and you didn't want to be, you know, left out and have your parents figure out a way to pay for it. But were you relatively like financially stable? Did you know that if you didn't get this scholarship that it wouldn't be too much of a burden? Were you ever really worried or was it just more the like my sister's got it. Let me get it too. Yeah, I would say it's definitely, um, definitely the second one. I think that my parents, this is getting really personal. I think, um, my parents definitely, we, they would have done anything to make sure I made it to, to college and we would have been fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we would have been definitely stable, but, um, I think it comes from like the, just like the principle of it, of knowing that like it, the possibility existed that I can make that easier for them and not have to worry about that. And it just makes life easier for me too, because now I'm able to, to focus on other things. You know, I think they, they made it really nice for me where I have, I have two jobs currently, but they, they made it work out for me really well. My parents where I didn't have to work like, and they tell me that too. And I'm like, I'm so stressed. They're like, you don't have to work. It's okay. Like we'll help you, which is so, so kind. So I'm, I'm definitely fortunate to have, um, a, a family that was able to, and has been able to get, currently support me so well. So I, I definitely, um, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and I don't lose, lose sight of that at all. That's good. And just one last question about yeah. this Fulbright program. Does it last for all four years of your, mm-hmm. uh, college? Oh, really? Yeah. So bright futures, how it works. And, um, definitely I encourage you all, especially if you're in Florida, look it up. You've probably heard about it. If you're in Florida, you live in Florida, you hear about it nonstop because everybody, at least in my high school was like, I need to get bright futures. And like, I need to do my service hours. And we were all figuring out where to do our hours and get our form signed and stuff. But, um, basically you have it for, um, four years. Well, let me see. There's, there is a time constraint. You, you have to complete your degree in a certain amount of time for it to last. And then there also is a credit hour constraint. So you, even if you're in four years, you can't take over however many credit hours, you can't go into excess hours and expect bright futures to pay for it. Um, and then the last thing you have to, you have to maintain a certain GPA to have bright futures pay for your tuition. So if your GPA falls below a certain point, and I think it's relatively high, it's maybe like a, let me see. I have to look that up too, but there is, there is, if you fall below a certain GPA when you're in college. Okay. I think it's this 3.0. Yeah. Students must earn the number of credit hours based on their student enrollment type or no GPA. So to have it renewed every semester and, and, um, pay for your tuition, you have to keep above a 3.0. Okay. That that's amazing that you had this program. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Florida's great. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is really great. Okay, so let's move back to the classes mm-hmm. that you took in high school. So obviously you were maintaining good grades, mixture of A's and B's probably to maintain that GPA. So did you incorporate any APs or IBs or honors classes into your schedule when you could? Yeah, so I took a lot of APs. Um, it's kind of funny because I remember my senior year, I took, at one point I was in seven APs. And it, I know, insane, right? And it was like six in person and one online. And I remember thinking to myself now that I'm in college, they do not like you, like APs are supposed to be college level classes, Mm -hmm. supposedly, and you're getting college level credit, but in college, they do not let you take seven classes. That's impossible. They won't let you do it. They maybe will let you take six under like dire circumstances, you know, but like seven classes in college would be 21 credits and the limit is 17 credits, I believe at UCF. And so that's like five classes and then maybe a sixth class if it's only two credit hours. So like 21 credits, no one takes that much. 
especially when you're trying to do extracurriculars too, on top of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just, you know, that's the hard thing about APs is you don't want to, um, chalk yourself up with too many because you don't want to be overwhelmed. And then two, you have to look at what's actually going to count for credit because I know a lot of credits that I earned through AP exams didn't transfer to my university because of just the way the classes signed up and two that some of it didn't have to do with my major really. And, um, so definitely that's something to keep in mind is, is APs are really, really, really good. They are. And it's, it's a great program, but, um, it, it takes a lot of planning and sometimes you don't always know when you're taking classes, you don't know what school you're going to, if it's going to count, it might count for one school and not another school. And you're, and it might count for one major and not another major. And how are you supposed to know when you're a sophomore in high school, what school you're going to and what major and how it's going to apply, you know? So it, it is a little bit difficult. So by the end of high school, how many APs had you taken in total? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I'll guess. I'll guess. Okay. So maybe like, I'm going to guess like between 12 to 15. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that is a lot. And you said that you, you said the AP program, you like the AP program and stuff. So how, how well did the AP program prepare you for actual college classes? Were, was it hard enough? Was it rigorous enough? Like each individual class and the workload? That's a hard question because it depends on the teacher. It depends mm-hmm. on the subject. I feel like some AP classes were so much easier than others, but it also depends on your brain. I'm not a math person. I never took AP math at all, but like, and I, I took AP psych and I thought it was like so easy, but other people that I know took AP psych and thought it was really difficult. Um, so it, it, it really, de- it fluctuates on so many factors. Um, I took one AP online. I took AP computer programming and that was so fun, really, really fun, but I'm not doing computer programming. So mm-hmm. like, why take a call? You know what I mean? That credit, where's, what did that go to, you know? So, um, um, how hard they were and how did they prepare me for college? That's a difficult question because as I'm sure, you know, it, I think it depends on your teacher. Mm -hmm. Some AP classes can be so easy, maybe even easier than honors or something, depending on the professor or teacher you have, but then some can be so, so hard, harder than college. So, um, the one thing I will say is that in college, I think I benefited because um, I'm able to take classes that I'm better at, you know, subjects that I'm yeah. better at because I'm, you know, I'm not good at math, so I didn't major in math. And so I don't take math and um, I'm much better at reading and writing and I'm, you know, a pre-law major. So all my classes are like that. So it's easier for me. So um, I think it's hard to compare. Yeah. And so you said you didn't take any AP math because you knew you weren't much of a math person, (laughs) but in high school, did you have an idea of what you wanted, what career you wanted to pursue? Um, well, I changed my mind when I got to college. So originally I wanted to major in criminal justice and I wanted to be, um, like a criminal profiler or, um, a homicide detective, something like that, a criminologist, maybe a criminal psychologist. And, um, I changed my mind slightly when I got to college and now I'm, I'm on a pre-law track and I'm not sure where I want to go from there. If I wanted, to, I'm actually really into politics now. Um, and I think I want to run for political office and I want to go to law school. So it is definitely different than when I first applied. My major is definitely, um, it's, it's close, but it's slightly different. And so it, it is hard because a lot of people change their majors, you know? So even if I knew exactly, even if I knew freshman year, what I was going to, be wanting freshman year of college, 
it's different, you know? So it, it wasn't until I got here and I took some classes. I took like intro to criminal justice and intro to legal studies and, and intro in this and intro in that, that I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. Okay. So we'll talk about how you arrived at your major Mm -hmm. a little bit later, but let's go back to the, I would just say the high school transcript and stuff. Mm -hmm. So can you take us through the extracurriculars that you did in high school, at least the major ones that you put on your application? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. This is such a flashback. Okay. So in high school, I was in the band program. Um, I played the mellophone. And my junior year, I was a section leader, I was a mellophone section leader. And then, so it's like a smaller leadership position. And then my senior year, I was band captain. So I was like the, like the highest leadership position in band. And that was like my primary thing. That was like what I put first before everything. And I, I loved it. I had a really incredible time. But I, since I'm not in band anymore and I've gotten involved in other aspects at UCF, but it's just kind of interesting how that was like all I did in high school. I loved band. Um, I was in National Honor Society. I was the vice president of that. Um, and that was fun too. That was really fun. And I was kind of with all my friends doing that. Um, I was on prom committee. I remember junior year and I helped set up for prom and that was really fun. I liked that a lot, planning for prom. Um, I was vice president of, um, oh geez, I can't even remember all of them. I was vice president of, of Rho Kappa. What is which Rho Kappa? Is, it's, um, good question it's it's um it's like social studies honor society oh okay. not all schools have one I was in like all the little honor societies I was in Mu'alpha Theta that was math honor society and um um we had English honor society my senior year I was in that senior year um then we had one for like every subject there was Spanish there was science like we had so many honor societies um I'm trying to remember what else um I did teen court um, for my volunteer hours for Bright Futures, I volunteered at Teen Court, um, which is where it's kind of like a mock court for students who um, are young, young students who are under the age of 18 and they complete like misdemeanors and you kind of put them through like a mock trial process to, it's kind of like a scared straight sort of thing where you're trying to teach them about the court system and and encourage them to, to um, change their ways. So I did that um, with my free time. I went to Girl State. Um, the summer before my senior year, which is like a, a um, program that you apply for um, where the American Legion puts on programming for you. There's Boy State too. And they take you to the, the state legislature and they put you in the seats and they do kind of like a mock government for a week. And it's really, really cool. And I, I love that. And I'm trying to think of, of everything else. I was on academic team for a couple years. I wasn't very good at that. I was kind of like, there for fun. It wasn't. Oh, um, we had music honor society. I was in that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, but my big thing was band, I guess. Trying yeah. To- so that's, <laughs> that's I mean, you, you, yeah, you climbed up to band captain, which yeah. I've heard of how band and like orchestra kind of work. You were a section leader and then <laughs> you became the band captain. So <laughs> how much of your time was spent in band and like, every extracurricular teaches you something. That's what at least I believe. So what did you learn from band? Like what skills did you develop? Okay. So first question, how much time did I spend in band? So much time, so much. It took so much time. I was getting like, it was, it was like a job. It felt like a job, like aside from just being in band. And we were a very competitive marching band. We typically placed high at like the state level. We usually were like first or second 
at um, the state level. So we were very competitive and it took a lot of time. We'd practice almost every other night. We had practice from like five to nine or we had nine to nine. So 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Saturdays. So it was a, it was a big commitment band and um, being band capped on top of that, it felt like a part-time job, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a lot of um, organizing things and scheduling things, fundraisers. We, we were really um, struggling financially the year that I was band captain and it took a lot of fundraising and that took a lot of creativity and, and work. So much of it had nothing to do with band practice, but just like getting us organized so we could go on trips and we could pay for trips that felt like so much of it. And half of it felt like being like one of the moms and it's like, you know, like that's kind of what it felt like, but um, it was really fun. Once I learned from it, definitely responsibility and accountability. Um, I'd never been given so much responsibility and, um, it was, if I didn't show up somewhere and if I didn't do my work and I didn't pull through there, it would affect everyone. Mm -hmm. So definitely a lot of weight, um, on me to, to really, um, pull through and do, do everything I was supposed to do. So definitely it taught me a lot about responsibility, accountability, and self motivation, how to be driven and, and get your work done. Yeah, and the other extracurricular that interested me was, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it completely, was the sort of mock trial that you did. Yeah. Can you yeah. elaborate a bit on that? Oh, yeah, that was so fun. I loved that. Yeah, Team Court, um, it was a program, and I'm from Pinellas County, and it was set up at, in Pinellas County. And basically, every Tuesday, you would go to the courthouse, you would sit in the, the actual courtroom, and students, young students who would come in, most of them were like middle schoolers or like some that were in high school who had come in and um, they had maybe gotten in a fight at school or they had stolen something from a store or they had broken into an area they weren't supposed to vandalize something. And um, instead of being charged at the criminal level, they elected instead to go through this team court program where we would kind of talk with them about what happened. And then we would sort of do like a mock trial of it where we would have like a defense attorney and a prosecuting attorney and then we would have a jury and they would decide what sort of actions the student had to um complete as a result so usually it was like community service and like action plans to um like maybe go see a counselor maybe go to tutoring if their grades were low things like that and um, it was really really interesting and 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 I ended up getting a scholarship from that. They like give a scholarship to someone every year. So that was nice because it helped me pay for school. So I really, I really loved that program. It was really cool. So was that also time consuming as well? Not nearly as much. It was just, it was actually, it was really nice. It was just a Tuesday night thing where you just come on Tuesday nights and it was, it was, it was fun. I looked forward to it and it wasn't like a lot of work outside um, to, to prepare for it. You just kind of came and you, you worked with it. And so Mm-hmm. overall, because you mentioned, you listed a bunch of extracurriculars and that's yeah, really good, but, um, oh yeah. So did you enjoy all of them or did you ever, for example, the honor societies, mm-hmm. did you join them just to have something on your college application or did you genuinely enjoy each one and just try to like spread your time on as much stuff as possible? Oh yeah. I definitely enjoyed each one. Because, um, oh, I forgot I did newspaper. I was like, I feel like I did more. I liked that one a lot. I did news. Some of them I did because there really wasn't much to them. And my friends were all doing them. And it looks good on an application for sure. Yeah, that was 
really the motivation because some of the honor societies you just go to like a meeting a month that's 15 minutes then you leave I don't know if it's the same at your school or, or what but that was some of them and it I, I mean I did enjoy being there I was happy to be there but there wasn't much to enjoy they're pretty quick you know you have an induction and that's it you know but um I loved I forgot that I did newspaper because I was like I feel like I did something else I loved newspaper that was so fun I really really liked it and I ended up I didn't do it my senior year because I was focusing on band but I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I loved writing articles and like editing the papers. I was an editor. I was like a news editor. It was so fun. And, um, um, my, um, what else did I enjoy though? I guess I probably enjoyed that the most and I enjoyed teen court a lot. And then I enjoyed band for sure. Yeah. So you took seven AP senior <laughs> year. I don't know how many you took junior year. Sophomore year. You were committed to band for like <laughs> hours and hours and then you also had a bunch of extracurriculars and some of them were like, you know, honor society, you come once a month, twice a month for a little bit. Yeah. How, how did you, did you manage your time? Were you a good time management person or were you constantly like stressed out? Like how, how, yeah. how did you work it out in high school? Um, I think I was definitely constantly stressed out for sure. <laughs> um, but I, le- I liked being busy and I liked being um, important. Like I liked having a purpose. And I think that um, being able to have a purpose for fine. Like, I feel like I finally felt that, you know, sometimes in high school, you just feel like you're just like there, you know, you're just going and you're going home and like, what's the, but when I was band captain, I felt like I really had a purpose and I was being helpful and I was making an impact. And I think that that outweighed any sort of, of stress or tiredness I felt. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, it was senior year too. So it was mostly, I, I had a great senior year. I thought it was really fun. Um, and I liked my classes. I know I had seven APs, but most of them I took because I had had the teachers before and I really liked the teachers or I had heard really good things about the teachers. And so that's why I took them. Wow. So yeah, your schedule seems jam packed. Sleep? <laughs> it was Did you fun, sleep though. at all? Um, yeah, I remember being like, I remember like I would get, get to school and I, I used, I would go to bed at like 2 a.m. and I had to wake up for school at 6 a.m. Or I would go to bed at midnight and I would wake up at four to like do something in the morning. And, and I remember though, being like really like excited about a lot of the things I got to do. Cause I got to, you know, I got to give speeches and stuff at, at different ceremonies. And I got to give speeches at band banquet and I got to talk at the end of every class and give announcements and like do things in the morning. And like, I just loved my, I really loved it. I loved my friends. It was, I had a really good motivation mm-hmm. because I loved the people I was with every day. It felt like a job in a way. It felt like I was going to work every day, <laughs> I think. But it was it was like, if you love your coworkers, I, I look back on it very fondly. I, I don't regret anything. I don't regret being so stressed. Maybe I regret taking so many APs because I a lot of them didn't transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, maybe I could have taken it easier. And I'm like, thinking back, I think I, I could have gotten into UCF maybe taking things a little bit easier. But overall... I liked my teachers a lot and I had a good year. So yeah, no, I don't regret anything. It was really fun. That's amazing. And one thing about your APs, did you take APs with the intention of them transferring and then perhaps going deeper into your major or did you take them with the intent of graduating a little bit early? Yeah, honestly, I took APs with the intent of being a competitive applicant for colleges. Hmm. 
It wasn't, yeah. I honestly, when I took a class, I wasn't like, oh, this will apply to my major. This won't apply to my major. I wasn't sure exactly what my major was going to be. And I ended up changing it. I took APs because I said, what's going to make me competitive when I apply for college? So I think I was, I was really focused on one thing and that was getting in to where I wanted to get into. So. Yeah. And that's kind of a good segue as to like what we're going to talk about next. How did you create, how did you create a college list for yourself? Um, well, I kind of knew I was always going to go in state because, and a big thing was pricing mm-hmm. in state is just so much cheaper and we had bright futures and, um, and, and, um, all that. So it was kind of not really a question of you're going to stay in the state. And as far as in the state, I was pretty familiar with the other schools. Like I said, I have two older sisters. So my oldest sister went to university of Florida and then my second, oh, I missed, I mixed up. My oldest sister went to university, the Florida State University. Sorry, I mixed it up. Florida State University. And then my second oldest, the middle one, went to UF, University mm-hmm. of Florida. And then I'm the youngest. And I went here to UCF. And um, I, my dad went here to UCF. And I used to go to games with him sometimes. And I just, I just loved it. Even as a kid, I was like, I loved it. And I, when I would go visit my sisters, I didn't feel the same way. And I even went to like band camps over the summer. I went to like summer band camps at FSU and UF. So I had been... Um, at the, at the schools before and been a little bit familiar with them. And so it wasn't really, I kind of always knew I liked UCF best. And so I did have like a little list of where I applied, but, um, I never really sat down and ranked them, I think, mm-hmm. because I, I, it wasn't really a question. I just kind of always kind of known that this is where I wanted to be. So it wasn't as hard. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't go through like a whole process. So you applied in, in Florida, right? Because you mm-hmm. would get that scholarship and yeah. so, and you only applied to a few, which were, I guess, I don't know how many universities are in Florida, but I don't think there are like a thousand or something, right? Yeah. So you applied to those and which university did you get accepted from, deferred from and rejected from? Well, ultimately I, I remember doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I even applied to like um, some, like I applied to UNF too, which is a little bit of a smaller one. I remember they offered me a scholarship and I was like, Oh, like I was kind of torn at the last second. I was like, maybe I like them better. But, um, my big thing was UCF and I, I was accepted the first time I applied. So it was, it was good. I, I, one thing I will say kind of to off topic a little bit, I appreciate when universities, um, I wasn't deferred anywhere, but I appreciate when they kind of defer you. I knew some people who were deferred and then they, they came back and they, they scored higher in the SAT or they brought their GPA up or they, they added some extracurriculars and they applied again and they got in. Um, I had a friend who did that at UNF and I know this is kind of random, but I just think that's really cool. Like I think all universities should be open to that. Like if you work hard enough, if you are, you told, if you're told no at first, but you work hard enough and you, you get things that, that you should be able to apply again and get in. So, sorry, that's just like kind of like my soapbox. But that wasn't the case for me anywhere. But I just, I don't know. I think that to me, that says a lot about university. And I think that's really cool. So you applied to uh, universities and colleges in Florida. Mm-hmm. And you kind of always knew that you were going to go somewhere in Florida because of pricing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you ever consider like, oh, let's apply to some maybe yeah. <laughs> prestigious school to just see if I'll get in? Did you ever do that? I don't know if it's prestigious, but I applied to Penn State. And I don't really, I just, I loved it. Looking at it online, I've never been to Pennsylvania. 
I don't know. I looked at pictures of it and it's called happy Valley. And I was like, that's where I belong. Happy Valley, you know? And, um, I just loved it. And so I applied there and I got in and then it was just, it's so it Penn state isn't really like an expensive school on the surface. It's just out of state for anywhere is much more expensive it's, than yeah. in state for, for UCF. You know what I mean? So, um, it, it was just, it's not like it's an insanely expensive school. It's just out of state versus in state fees. And so, um, I didn't, and also I don't know anyone in Pennsylvania. My family's like, you don't, we don't know anyone there. No one lives there to like, and we don't know the area or anything. They're like, what are you doing? But I loved it. And, um, now that I'm looking for law schools, I'm really, um, strongly considering schools outside of Florida and I'm looking at Penn state again. So it hasn't left me. I'm still thinking about it. So yeah, maybe you'll find your place in happy Valley one day. Maybe. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) So you get into UCF Mm -hmm. and this is the summer before you're going to go into your freshman year of college. And I guess you already knew UCF because you went with your dad Mm -hmm. and you knew you were familiar with the school. So coming in, were you less nervous than maybe an average student because you knew the school so well? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. I probably not. I didn't know it like the back of my hand or anything. I had just gone to like a couple of football games. And um, so I think I was probably still nervous, but what helped was I was able to go a, a week early and move in a week early because I did sorority recruitment. And mm-hmm. that was really, really fun. And um, I got to like walk around and get to know the camp as well and move in and get settled. And, and mm-hmm. before the big rush where everyone's at target and it's crazy, it gets crazy during moving weekends. So I got to kind of skip all that and get comfortable. So I would say, I don't know if it was really being visiting the school beforehand as much as moving in a week early really helped. Okay. That's, that's good. So when mm-hmm. you moved in, did you move into, you moved into dorms, right? How did you choose yeah. your dorm mate? And mm-hmm. once you, once you were assigned a dorm mate, maybe it was random. How did the relationship work out? Did you end up loving your dorm mm-hmm. mate, hating, were okay with them? Oh yeah. So, um, my roommate freshman year, um, we all had our own rooms. I lived in towers and I'm still in towers right now is the name of the the um, dorm right now I'm an RA. So, um, I actually, this is like my room right now. You can see it's like a little studio. So that's my kitchen and my bed's actually right here, like next to me. And that's my kitchen and the bathroom's over there. So it's just me in this little like studio, which is pretty fun. But, um, my freshman year, it was like, it's like an apartment where I lived and it was really cool. It was on campus right by the stadium and right by the football fields. You could walk to games and stuff. And it was, um, four bedrooms and four bathrooms. And so, it was nice because I wasn't like sharing a room or anything. So, um, as far as like my roommates, I think we got along really well. I don't remember any sort of conflicts or anything like that. My, I roomed with one girl from my high school who's so nice. Um, and she was just so, so sweet. And I remember she got a cat our freshman year and I was so happy because I love cats and I would take care of her cat when she went away for the weekend. It was so fun. I, I really, really liked rooming with her. Wait, that's, that's interesting. So was the, is this a, like a first come first serve thing or does university of central Florida just in general, give people apartment style dorms? Yeah. So UCF is really nice. I'm going to be honest. This is a great school. I love this school. This school is not like, it doesn't look like a college. It looks like a resort. I'm going to be honest. If you want to look at photos and stuff, I love UCF so much. I do. And, um, it's crazy because at a lot of other schools, it's like every dorm room, you like share rooms and they're like old yeah. and stuff. But UCF is kind of a new school in general, especially the infrastructure. And it, for a long time, it was a commuter school. So most of the dorms are really new and nice. Um, and so there's only like one dorm on campus where you share rooms, I think. And the rest are 
kind of apartment style where you all have individual rooms and um, towers is where I live. And it's really nice. The apartment style. I'm trying to think there's like four or five other housing buildings, housing area, like um, what do I call them? Like developments maybe. Cause this mm-hmm. towers is actually four different buildings and each one has like 500 people in it or something. So quite a lot of Because UCF is a huge school. I think it has like one of the largest yeah. student bodies. Yeah. Now we have 70,000 students. Insane. It's really big. Yeah, it's really big. And so this is just one of the housing communities. That's what they're called, housing communities. And um, it's really, really nice. And it's all apartment style. But most most at UCF are. So it's really, I think it, it helps. It keeps everyone happy and calm and everyone's getting their sleep. Yeah, because I remember when I interviewed mm-hmm. people like... I've interviewed people before and most of them hated their first year dorm mate or dorm uh, yeah. because they like, I guess part of it was because you live in close quarters. You're in the yeah. same room sleeping, doing your homework, but that's, that's great for you. So yeah. did the friends that you had or the dorm mates you had in freshman year, did you continue to room with them? Did any of them become really close friends with you? So did you form friendship that way or did you form friendship through other stuff like classes and extracurriculars? Yeah. So, um, I'll tell you for sure. So, um, I'm kind of random because I've moved around a lot. Lots of people, I think what's typical is people live in dorms their freshman year, and then they usually move in an apartment off campus mm-hmm. or something usually. And then they stay there for like the, that's what both my sisters did is they were in dorms their freshman year. And then the second year they moved in an apartment and then they stayed in that apartment for three years until they graduated. I was a little bit different. So I lived in the dorm my freshman year and then my the summer after my freshman year, I was an orientation leader. And so um, they they provide housing for you. So I moved to a different dorm um, on campus. And it was still like everyone had their own room. And it was nice. It was nice. And um, I liked it there. And then my sophomore year, so that was just for the summer. My sophomore year, I lived in the sorority house um, with my sorority sisters, which is also on campus. And that was really fun, too. I love that a lot. And then now my junior year is this year. And I got a position as an RA. And so um, I live in Towers again. I'm back where I was freshman year. But this time I'm an RA. So I kind of moved around a lot. Um, but my friends, um, I I was friends with my roommates. Whenever I see them, I still talk to them. And I, I really am lucky because they were so nice. But um, where I really like my friends that I'm really close to, um, I met through my extracurriculars. So most of them I met through my sorority. And so are you still part of your sorority? I am. I see. And how did you, I guess, get involved with the sorority? Did you know immediately you were going to do it? Did your sisters influence you? Really? How how did you happen upon it? It was kind of random because um, my sisters, neither of them did sororities. Um, And my mom was in one when she was in college. But then you hear a lot of stuff now about, um, you know, sometimes they have bad raps and stuff. So, um, <laughs> my mom was a little bit nervous for me, but luckily I've never experienced any sort of like a- inappropriate or bad anything in my sorority. They're, they're the kindest, most beautiful, respect, respectful girls, like so lovely. And, um, I haven't had to deal with any sort of stuff that you might see in the movies or the news. Yeah. Luckily it doesn't, it doesn't exist in my sorority, which is so nice. And, um, um, but no, it was kind of random. It was just that my roommates also that they were going through recruitment and they were all moving in a week early. And I remember being like seeing that in our group text. And I was like, well, I don't want to move in a week after them. And they're all friends without me. You know, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was, literally my motivation was I didn't want them to all become friends 
without mm-hmm. me moving in a week early. And then I come in late and like, it's awkward is what I was worried about. So I was like, I'll just do recruitment and then not run home anywhere. And then I did recruitment and I loved Kappa, which is where I went home to. That's my sorority. And I had the best time. And then I was involved in that. I was like on the exec board. I was a secretary. And then I was a rogue gamma. And like, I just got super involved with it and I'm still involved with it now. So it was kind of happenstance. Yeah. So let's move on to, which is kind of part of it. Let's move on to your extracurriculars. So coming onto campus, freshman year, sophomore year, what extracurriculars did you get involved in? How did you get involved? Were you super motivated to get involved or Mm -hmm. did you kind of have to realize, oh, if I want to make friends, if I want to do something with my time, then I have to look for different extracurriculars that I want to do? Yeah, I was super ready to be involved. I was literally... Um, they, UCF has like a website called night connect where they have all the clubs and stuff. And I, it was like over the summer before I had even gone on orientation. And like, before I even, you know, like moved in, I was making lists of all the things I wanted to join that looked fun. And so when I got to college, I was ready. I was ready to like go. I was like, I'm going to be so involved and like have so much fun and, and have all these positions. And I have been so fortunate through UCF to have gotten so many opportunities. So. I mean, I love this school. I do. I love it so much. And I just feel like I did not expect to get everything that I did. And I'm like, what? And like, I've gotten some, it's just so great. So, um, I, I came in ready to go though. I was really, really ready. And so I started with my sorority and then I joined student government leadership council, which is like an intro program for, um, freshmen. And then I, I did a lot of different things. Like the list is kind of long, but I did Nightthon, which is like dance marathon. And it's really fun. All colleges have that. So if you interview people, they probably, we'll talk to you about their dance marathons and stuff. And then my big involvement was I was an orientation leader over the summer and that was really cool. And then, um, my sophomore year, I was, I helped with homecoming. I was like a homecoming coordinator. And then, um, I was really involved with my sorority. I had a lot of positions within my sorority, which was really fun. And then my spring semester of sophomore year, I participated in this internship program called the Legislative Scholars Internship Program. And um, they basically send you to Tallahassee for a semester and they they suit you up with all this. They gave you a place to stay and everything you need and a nice scholarship. And um, you intern for either a lobbying firm, um, a state senator or state representative. And you spend the whole semester in the legislature um, helping helping your representative and you get to go to the house every day and the Senate every day and see like the bills get passed. It was so fun. And I entered with um, a lobbying firm called Gray Robinson and they're like very, like, so, so wonderful and, and a really um influential firm in, in Florida. So it was really, really cool. So I, I loved it. And then now I am an RA and I'm on president's leadership council, which is like um an, an advising council to the president of the, of the, college of the university. Um, Dr. Cartwright is our president. So I get to meet with him mm-hmm. and his wife and, and we do like advocating for our, our, our clubs. And then um, I'm very involved with student government. I'm the governmental affairs coordinator. So that's what my shirt is from. And um, I was just doing a presentation right before this about um, teaching people about the ballots because we're right in the middle of election season and showing them how to um, break down the ballot and, um, analyzing the amendments and stuff. And I'm also on moot court, which is a competitive team, um, kind of like mock trial, but a little bit different. And I, I love it. Yeah. And I want to, you have a lot of extracurriculars, both in high school and college. So (laughs) about that internship that you did in the Mm -hmm. 
in the semester of your sophomore year. Was that, did that help you determine your major or did you come upon your major before that and then say, oh, now I know that my major is going to be this. I'm on the pre-law track. I should try to intern for somewhere. So take, can you take me through that a little? Yeah. So, um, it, it's a good question. I had already determined my major before I applied for this program. And, um, I really just wanted to be in the program. Really. I had, and it was so funny. All I did was see a flyer for it. And I was like, I have to do that. I'm going to do that. So I like, I was like, that's what I want to be. And, um, and then, um, I was like, Oh, you had to like major or minor in, in certain things like political science, legal studies, um, or something else or public admin, one of those three, I think. And, um, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll minor in legal studies just so I can do the internship. But I ended up changing my major to that just kind of irrelevant to the internship program. And, um, I loved it. And then I, I did the program and, um, I, I had the most wonderful time. And so, yeah, so it was kind of irrelevant to my major and it didn't, it didn't influence me in changing my major, but it did influence me in that it made me want to run for a political office. And can you, I, I mean, this sounds, this sounds really interesting. I love it yeah, when people it get really involved cool. in programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about the program, like what you did on a daily basis? Cause you spent a whole semester there and you were yeah. helping out. So can you tell us about that, how you balance your schoolwork and what work you actually did? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I interned for a lobbying firm and so, um, a lobbying firm, basically they have a bunch of different clients mm-hmm. and they go to, um, politicians, members of our, our Florida house, our Florida Senate, and they advocate for those clients. And so, um, they might have big clients, like big corporations, like, um, like airports, or things or, or theme parks might be a client. And also a client might be like a nonprofit, like, um, like, I don't know, just for an example, like SPCA or something like a, like a, like an animal shelter might be a client that they, they have pro bono and they just go and advocate for. Um, and basically they go to legislatures, legislators, sorry. And they say, I want you to pass this because it will help them. And they say, I want you to not pass it. I want you to to stop it because it does this and that's bad for my client. Or they go and they say, Hey, like, can we make this happen? We have this idea. Do you want to like get on this bill and hop on this bill and let's make this bill happen and let's get money for a new sewage system for this city, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's really, really cool what they do. So, um, my part in it was that I went to a lot of meetings, committee meetings a lot, and I did reports for clients and I would write about what happened in the meeting and I would write about, um, how the bill is doing and I would do bill updates and I would do like weekly memos and things. And then every now and then I would, um, actually get to like show clients around with my boss, I could take them from meeting to meetings. They could meet with like the legislators. And that was really, really cool. Um, I love that the most. And then sometimes I'd answer questions too. So like if they had a question about a bill, like a new amendment comes out to this bill and they're like, what, how does this affect me? I would say, let me see. And then I would like kind of like write a report or like um, answer some questions they had about like, how does this bill impact you? And, um, or how does this change impact you and, and your company or you and your, your, business or just you as an individual. So, um, it was really, really fun. I loved it a lot. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. yeah. Was it a hard to get into program or was it like you had to have a few requirements like GPA and such, and then you could get in? Yeah, there is, there's definitely requirements. There's GPA requirements and, um, it's a pretty intense interview process. And then you had to get, I think three letters of recommendation, which is a lot. And, um, 
I think there's like a lengthy application. So it's, it was a process to get in. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was a process. It takes a while and you have to go through a lot of training and stuff once you do get in. I see. And how did that work with your actual schoolwork as well? Yeah. Did they allow you to like take a pause and they counted the work that you did as credit? So how did you balance that with school? So it fluctuated depending on your major, how much it counted for um, the internship. For me, for legal studies, basically it counted as like two classes. And um, so it counted as like six credit hours. And so part of having Bright Futures is that you need to be taking full time in order for Bright Futures to cover your tuition. So I had to take two classes. Full time is four classes. So I had to take two online classes while I was doing the internship to um, keep my Bright Futures. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you have a lot, like you do a lot, not just the internship, but you have a bunch of extracurriculars. <laughs> so how do you balance that with schoolwork? Cause you do need to meet a certain requirement to get that scholarship. And how do you do your extracurriculars and just manage your social life as well? Um, good question. Well, I mean, this pandemic has thrown everything for a loop. <laughs> yeah. Because the life as we know it is not normal right now. It it really isn't, and um um I'm feeling it a little bit at, at college, especially where you're just in the midst of this. You know, it's it's so much more than just working from home. It's you know you're working from home, but you're at college, and you're it's it's just it's like nothing else I've ever experienced before. So this year is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for the most part, it just. For me, I love to be busy because the busier I am, the like the happier I am because I'm like don't have time to like sit around. I don't like sitting around and being bored. It makes me feel like I'm I don't like being not productive because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I'm like wasting my time. I'm like, you should be doing something. So um um yeah, I I definitely like it as far as like time management. I think just taking it one day at a time and and you know, I don't party. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the big thing. Lots of people think, oh, I'll go to college and I'll, I'll go to parties and stuff. And I just, I don't do that. And I, I don't know if, if, if that makes a big difference, but I think, um, if you, if you don't go out and, and be wild, then you probably have a lot more time. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And I want to move on to one last subject before we end here. The scholarship that you get, you said it either covers 75% or yeah. like full tuition. So which one, which one do you have? I have the one that covers full tuition. So it depends on your, um, it depends. You have to get them. It, it's like the requirements are different for 75%. You have to have a certain GPA and a certain SAT, ACT, and then do 75 community service hours for 100%. You have to do, you have to have a higher SAT, a higher ACT, a higher amount of volunteer hours. And um, so I have the one that's a hundred percent. That's amazing. So a lot of people, I don't, maybe it's becoming more like a thing now, but a lot of people go to college and they pull out a lot of student loans and they have to pay back for the rest of the rest of their life. So how much more of an advantage do you think you are compared to other people considering that you're not going to have any student loan debt? Oh man. I mean, I can't even imagine. (laughs) Um, I know I'm so fortunate. It's a huge, it's, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Cause I mean, it affects everything. It affects what, how picky you can be when you graduate, you know, if, if you don't have loans staring you down 24 seven, you can take the time and pick a job you really want versus like taking just any job because you need to get money because you start paying your loans. So 
yeah, it's definitely not um, something to, to, um, it's, it's a big deal and it's, it's not nothing to, to have, um, to graduate debt free versus to graduate with, with a lot of loans. We should be really thankful for this opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I had no idea about this. Like I knew about the program, but I didn't know it like mm-hmm. applied for every, you were eligible as long as you were a student in Florida. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming to an end here. And the last thing I do with these, mm-hmm. um, with these episodes is f- I want you to give two pieces of advice. One is for current high school students. They can be freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior. What advice would you give them as they're in high school right now? And then the second piece of advice is what advice would you give for students who are going into college or since it's the beginning of the school year starting college? So can you give us some advice there? Yeah, my first one for the high schoolers is um, really take the time to assess your mental health and um, say something if you are feeling down and you need help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I've been seeing in the news, especially it's it's a really difficult time um, mental health wise because of this pandemic for our, our youth, the youth in America, um, especially because you're used to seeing your friends every day and if you're doing school from home. It's really, really hard to not be seeing your friends every single day and um, definitely say something if you need help. That's my advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause, cause it, it makes, it makes a big difference. We want everyone to be really, really safe and healthy, not just from COVID, but mentally healthy too. And then my advice for um, if you're entering college or just starting is get involved, pick one thing and, and get involved because I promise you the people who fail college or quit or decide to go home, um, are not the ones who are too involved. They're the ones who are in their rooms playing video games, mm-hmm. eating pizza like a super mutant ninja turtle every single day. Like, <laughs> um, you're not gonna you're not gonna fail because you're too involved. Don't become too don't, don't go crazy. You know what I mean? But it, it's more likely that you get to college. You don't have your mom waking you up every morning or encouraging you to go out and 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 do things. And you you get into this state where you're playing video games ten hours a day, and it makes it harder to be um, you know, encouraged to go and get your work done. So, um, become involved, just pick one thing because it'll lead to a lot more. I see. Oh, and I lied. This is not the last thing. I just want to know a little bit about your, um, plans for like the future. So you said you're on the pre-law track. So what like degrees, like, I guess, graduate degrees are you considering, or maybe like taking a break and then going to do a graduate degree? So what are you considering right now? Um, I'm considering law school and getting a law degree. And so, um, I'm planning to apply next year. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's going to be my senior year. Yeah. So yeah, I'm planning to get my, my law degree. And then I want to be, um, either a prosecuting attorney or I want to practice international law. Well, that that's amazing. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck too. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my show today, Meg. And I hope you have a good night. Thanks. You too. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That concludes my interview with Meg. Next week, I'll be dropping an interview with Emma from University of Central Florida as well. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss that. But other than that, I hope to see you guys then.